pain brings about evolution, right? A lot of times, you know, pain, crisis, that type, type of thing uh, brings about evolution. And so when you have enough pain, you have enough crisis, and you just, you know, you need another way, you look for it. And when you do start looking for it, so my journey started, I don't know, I, I could go down many different rabbit holes, but in essence, uh, you know, you get to a point where you just, I realized at some point, I don't know exactly when it was, but I was always been on a very spiritual journey, but it was one, some, one point where I realized that my spirituality was more valuable than anything else. And that, you know, I could get more of the fruit of living through, through spirituality than just existing and paying bills. And then that more and more became the primary and then everything else became the secondary. Your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know. Share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Welcome back to Weiss Advice. I'm your host, Yona Weiss, and it is a beautiful day today. I'm really excited for our guest, Pankaj. You are the man, and I am so excited. We've been looking forward to this interview for a long time, and um, I just wanted to welcome you to our show. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, and it's been a while. It has been, and uh, you know, you've been up to a lot of things. You're always up to a lot, but uh, kind of keeping keeping in the limelight, which is your style more than anything else. But I want to just give people a little bit of context because we always like to do that. We have guests of all all kinds from all over the place doing all kinds of different things. And the one common denominator is usually real estate. So Pankaj is a, you know, um, you know, just a powerhouse when it comes to real estate, he's a second generation multifamily owner. So that's a story in itself, how your, how your parents came to the United States and just really grew the portfolio. And then you with your, with your brother, I believe, right. Take it, took it over. And now you have properties in Pennsylvania, five major cities consisting over 2000 units. Okay. So we're talking about a large portfolio, which you are operating. And the last acquisition you guys made apparently was over a $50 million acquisition of fixer upper in Harrisburg. So that's a huge, and that's without any investors. So you guys are, are doing, taking down big deals. And I just want to touch on one more thing that you, you got a, a new uh, karma cast. So you got a, a podcast, right? Like a YouTube channel. Is it still going on? Yeah, a little. I mean, not really, to be honest. I mean, I started it. And then when the whole thing hit, you know, the crisis and everything, it just kind of, I was doing in-person uh, car- karma cast. Right. And so uh, nobody wanted to come to my house anymore. <laughs> I just stopped bothering people to come for a oh, while. So it's, it's on hold for now. All right, but the Sharma's well, Karma, we've got a lot of good good videos, I think, uh, from the stuff that we did in the, for the months that we were operating. All right. So everyone should go check that out. We'll put a link in the in the show notes for that. Go check out the Sharma Karma, uh, Sharma's Karma out on YouTube. So, so Pangas, tell me, what, what would you say? I mean, you've been dealing with, you know, multifamily for years, okay, decades, right? I mean, you're, you grew up in it. You're involved in it. Was it something you always wanted to be involved in just growing up around it or, or you just decided at one point to take over? No, it was the last thing I wanted to do because I grew was like growing up in it, seeing it from my side of things and just being a rebel, kind of a, rebe- a rebel, you know, I always wanted to do my own thing. I like Frank Sinatra's song. I wanted to do it my way. 
So what, <laughs> so what, what would have been your a whole lot of ways. I tried my way a whole lot of ways. And eventually, uh, when I moved back from California, I got married. A new property was on the horizon. I did a baby, so I got back involved. And uh, it was a property that we had bought on a foreclosed property. Property had 96 units. And I think only 20 of them were occupied at the moment. It was a bank. Bank was holding it. And it was a high-rise building. And uh, I think somebody was shot in the building like a month or two before. Wow. So it was one of those deals that like, I like a challenge, you know, I like a challenge. I just, I, I really, so, so my forte or, or, or at that time was uh, just taking properties or taking a challenge and, and running with it. And, and the whole thing of, you know, how can we turn this over? And that's kind of been a lot of my history in multifamily was we bought a lot of properties that are kind of best, uh, get, get them for a good deal. And then how can we, make this a safe, stable environment, you know, right. for uh, everyone. And, yeah, that's uh, very challenging. And I mean, those, those type of properties, I mean, yeah, obviously when your focus is to build a community and you have a whole team that's doing it together and you're able to do that, but it's difficult when you're taking down such, type, you know, properties that have, are distressed. I mean, to the, to, that's really the word that comes to mind, yeah. really distressed. You're talking about properties where it's, you know, half vacant or more there's massive neglect there's massive neglect going on for years and years and um yeah it's it's really hard to go in and change a demographic and change an apartment complex it takes time you know so our our approach to the uh the multifamily has been a slow steady approach you know patience over a period of time mm-hmm. nothing nothing quick overnight type of type of deal and you guys hold all the properties that you that you acquire over the years or there's some sale on the on the exit. Pretty much, you know, we're pretty much buy and hold. Eventually, sometimes you know, it does make sense to small, sell off a smaller property to parlay that into a larger uh, purchase. Yeah, mm-hmm. we go for that. Awesome. So you would consider it like a like a family business, really, not like a, you know, yes. your typical syndication with investors and all that. Right. So my father's eighty years old. He's at the office right now. Looking over the collections from the previous month and helping, helping my controller like make sure that you know everything's right where it's supposed to be, and um, so yeah, he's still involved to this day. You know, he's still he, even when the when the when the COVID crisis thing started and there was a shutdown here. I could the hardest thing I had my hardest challenge was to get him to stay home. Mm-hmm. He would not stay home. <laughs> to get him to stay home for two weeks, I couldn't do it. Wow. You know. Hard work, hard hard work is is in your blood, obviously, right? I'm the op- I'm the opposite end. I had a father that was a workaholic, so I kind of like the, you know, like a take off party, so <laughs> <laughs> have a lot of fun. I went that whole extreme, you know. And now I've got a got a kind of kind of a balance, you know. So how did you how how did you manage to balance that? I know you talk a lot about mindset, and you talk a lot about, uh, you know, I've listened to a few of your your karma casts and, and those things. Talk a lot about the inner, you know, your inner being and, and how to handle that. I mean, so what does that consist of? Like, how did you go from, you know, that kind of rebel who was right. off, you know, doing his own thing and then coming back to, to live kind of a more balanced life and run a very large operation? It's been a very long journey. Uh, for the most part, pain brings about evolution, right? A lot of times, you know, pain, crisis, that's how type of thing uh, brings about evolution. And so when you have enough pain, you have enough crisis and you just, you know, you need another way, you look for it. And when you do start looking for it, so my journey started, I don't know, I, I could go down many different rabbit holes, but 
in essence, you know, you get to a point where you just, I realized at some point, I don't know exactly when it was, but I was always been on a very spiritual journey, but it was one, some, one point where I realized that my spirituality was more valuable than anything else. And that, you know, I could get more of the fruit of living through, through spirituality than just existing and paying bills. And then that more and more became the primary and then everything else became the secondary. Yeah. So you're, you know, the way you're able to balance your life is just focusing, I guess, I mean, there's a very broad definition of spirituality, but my, my, you know, take on that and you correct me if I'm wrong, is just kind of focusing inward, realizing the inner strength that you have, realizing that really all that power comes from, from a source beyond you and channeling that energy to, you know, to fulfill what, what your purpose in life is. And for me, like, you know, it's like, for me, everybody's spirituality. I use spirituality as a general term, but for me, right. it's like, I need time to myself. I need quiet time is important for me. Um, everybody, I think is different in how they, they, their spirituality uh, splashes, splashes itself out, expresses itself. For me, I have to balance like being out in the world with being by myself, if that makes any sense. And um, more and more, I'm able to, 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 to balance both, you know, to go out, be around people. But at the same time, if I'm constantly around people, I'm constantly doing things, I get drained very fast. Mm. So I have to recharge my battery. And my recharge, my battery is from like being in silence, being, you know, having my own space. And if I do too much of that too, I get crazy. Right. I get insane. So it's like, I have to, I have to ride both waves, you know? Absolutely. What would you say if you could think of one thing, right? And it was like that one thing that, you know, kind of push you in that direction. Uh, or, or something, you know, that is pushing you currently, that's pushing you in that direction and that you could, you know, you would share to someone who's looking, you know, in a similar space as you and kind of advice to them. We like to give the wise advice, but it's really, you know, it's, it's everyone's advice. One thing that's been in and out of my life is like, I've never been like a hardcore drug user, but like, you know, like drinking and, you know, smoking, smoking herb, it's been something that's like circled in and out of my life. And now for a couple of years, I don't even drink. You know, I'm like totally straight, totally sober, whatever you want to call it. And so that's one thing for me that I noticed that for me, when I get into that, that creates pain and my, my life spirals downward. For me, I, you know, I don't have a, a, a control mechanism or able to, what do I say, like balance it properly. That's the place that I'm not balanced properly. So I just, my best bet is to just leave it alone. And, um, you know, I've had a lot of crazy journeys that way, but, you know, so that created a lot of pain and that created a lot of down, downward spiral and brought me to uh to the realization of of that i have to grow spiritually if i want to survive <laughs> because if not i'll seek that high if i don't get the spiritual high i'll seek that high from other things and and and, and it, it might maybe it's chemical maybe it's uh, uh maybe it's you know shopping maybe it's whatever i don't know it's different things for different people but that feeling of of bliss you know or or or, or wholeness i think we all seek it out in different ways and for me, that's what was one way that I used to seek it out. And, you know, it became habitual. And yeah. so I know for me, it's important that like, I don't, I don't do those things. And at the same time, I, I grow because when I stop growing spiritually, then I am more susceptible to wanting to, to create that, that feeling, that good feeling through, through artificial means. Right. No, absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's funny you say that you said that this is, it's different for everyone. Okay. Everyone is seeking pleasure. Everyone is seeking some sort of way to uplift themselves, some outlets to feel that bliss, like you talked about, pleasure, however you want to call it, whatever term you want to find it. But 
really, you know, there's a tradition that, that we have, and there's many different levels on that. And when you can kind of hone in and understand that there are different levels, like, like just like if you're flying on a plane, there are different classes, okay? There's, you know, there's first class, there's business class, right? There, you're, you know, on the, the coach, you can be riding underneath, right? In the luggage compartment, right? You can be hanging on the outside of the plane. Everyone's going to get to that destination. The question is, how are you, how are you riding there, right? Are you the pilot? Are you on that plane or just hanging on for dear life? And I think when we look at this world and everything that there's there to offer, we kind of are, you know, until you work on yourself and have that spirituality that you can kind of see beyond the, the physical and see beyond, you know, what's right in front of our eyes, we're stuck in thinking that that's it, right? There's nothing more. Right. And, and therefore, I want to just be, um, you know, my little, you know, kind of closed minded definition of pleasure, which is limited to, you know, the physical, like you said, shopping or, or food or, you know, drink and all these kind of things. A lot of people, and I know it was for me that a lot of people think that once they get to a certain level of, of financial income, that their life will be solved. And that's kind of a myth that, that definitely, you know, you, you experience because you realize you can be just as crazy and just as loon, loon with a whole lot of money, not knowing, you know, like yeah. I've had, I've had times in my life where I had more money than I knew what to do with. And I was insane. You know what I mean? And then I've had times where I've, I was okay money wise, you know, not nothing substantial, but I was happy and I was, I was content. And um, so, you know, money solves a lot of problems, but it doesn't solve all problems. <laughs> you know, we still have to deal with ourselves in the end, exactly. you know, and that's the real, that's the real thing of dealing with ourselves. You know, yeah, dealing exactly. with this mind, dealing with all this, you know, what's going on inside of ourselves. And we can't really get, you know, you can't get away from that. So all these other, you know, means are, are just an escape really. But coming to that realization is really what it's all about, you know, coming to that. And then you can truly live, right? <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. it's not really life. You know, we're, we're kind of prisoners in a sense to our own devices, you know, to our own uh, addictions or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, I think it's a great analogy. And, uh, you know, it's actually everybody's one of the questions we something. ask. Everybody's chasing something, right? In so one, one form or another, somebody's, everybody's chasing something. And it's just cool to know what you're chasing and know, like, you know, if you're chasing like a, the old adage was, adage was, uh, or was it uh, the guy who wrote the seven habits of success a long time ago? Yeah. Uh, you don't want to live your life with the, use your ladder along, along, along the wrong building, right? You know, and then, so if you're chasing something, but you're ch chasing it and you're whole, you're, you're going in the wrong direction. So it's good to take time to figure out what it is you really want to chase, you know, do some soul searching. And, um, and a lot of it just from life experience, like, you know, you get to a point where you, you, like I said, you get the money, you get the things and you realize there's something more. There's not, this is not everything. Like this is what society told me will be everything. It's not everything. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's actually one of the questions we'll get to at the end of the, at the end of this call is, you know, what does success mean to you? Everyone is different. Everyone has a different approach to that. And really that's the beautiful thing that I see is that everyone has a different answer. But most of the time, I think the people that I you know, have on this podcast are of that kind of mind space and mindset that they're beyond, uh, you know, just chasing money. They're not those type of people. Usually entrepreneurs, um, right. successful ones are people that are growing people. You know, you, you want, and that's who I, you know, choose to surround myself with <laughs> than anything is people who have that common, you know, mindset where I want to be growing. And I, I know that, you know, life is short and we, you know, only live once and we're, we're tested 
on many, many levels throughout our life. But in the end of the day, you have to have that like growth mindset to know that today I want to be better than I was yesterday. Okay. And that's the other thing, like entrepreneurs are creative people. We have to create. And that's another, that's another thing with me. Like I have to be, and that's why I like the challenge because it's a creative expression. It's a creative yeah. process. And so uh, if I, if I don't express creativity outward, sometimes that, that energy piles up inward and it can yeah. be destructive as well. It's amazing you say that because I think creativity, uh, and I've said this before, but creativity is probably one of the greatest pleasures that, uh, that, that we have in this world. And it really, it's a, it's a sense of power in a way, right? We're chasing, you know, that's way beyond, I mean, money, way beyond, you know, any other type of physical pleasure is this sense of, you know, creativity, how I can change lives, how I can change people, how I can change my own life. And that's really powerful. I love that you say that when it's not, that outlet's not used, it just creates kind of a downward spiral. And I think yeah, all of us have that in us and we just have to find that outlet that we can soar, we can, uh, we can grow through that. And the thing is, we're always, you know, one thing about being here on planet earth is you, you cannot not manifest, <laughs> you know, everything is a manifestation, it's creation. Yeah. You cannot not, that's what you're just creative beings. You know, whether we do it constructively or destructively, we cannot not do it. Right. Everything creates. I mean, yeah, even our thoughts. I mean, I believe that our thoughts create, uh, you know, our, our words create. Obviously, actions do. But, uh, yeah, 100%. We have to definitely be in control of that as much now, as that's we can. interesting that you brought that up. So, for years, that's what I studied. I studied metaphysics. And I, I was really deep in the whole thing of, like, you know, your thoughts are things. And mm -hmm. your know, thoughts creative and the whole, you know, programming the subconscious mind or you know, um, you, you know, you, and I think it's, that's in every tradition. It's, it's in every scripture. It's in every tradition that, you know, in the scripture, in the, in the, in the Bible, it's like, it is done unto you as you believe. Mm -hmm. So it's saying that your beliefs are creative, right. And uh, as you think, so shall, so shall you be right. So those, so that whole thought process of thinking is important, but even more important than, than thinking, right. Because you look, you operate at the level of the mind. It's like working with a sword in the ocean or in the water. It just, it, 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 it just evaporates so fast. And so thinking any being an emotion, mm -hmm. you know, is where really where the game is at. It's like how it's like thinking and feeling and because the emotions are what charge those thoughts and charge and, and create, you know, we, as you can think about being prosperous all day long, but if you feel impoverished, uh, that's going to be, that's going to set the tempo for your life because that's there. And so it's like the thinking helps to generate the feeling, but the feeling is where like the feeling is where, what brings it home. Yeah. They're very much interconnected. So, you know, it can go both ways also, right. We yes. can have emotions that will drive us, you know, in certain directions. We need that kind of cool, you know, mindfulness bringing us back to the, you know, those, the, the ideas, the wisdom to, to kind of put us on track. Uh, and kind of quell those emotions that can, can bring us off track. So they, it works definitely in both directions. So I love that. Yeah, and it, I think you're right. Every tradition has these uh, has these beliefs, and it's really about, like you said, you know, that growth mindset. Really, just tuning in with where you're at and how you want to grow. Yeah, I think I think it's great. I mean, this is a great conversation. We can really go on for a long time. I want to jump into the final four because these these four questions might open up some more some more ideas, some more, uh, more things along the same or different paths, which, which is great. So the first question I ask everyone, and this would be interesting for you is what's the worst job that you ever had? I had the job where I had to wake up like, you know, four, like I had to be there at five o'clock at the warehouse and I would have to load the truck 
with uh, uniforms and dirt and rags that I would deliver to a lot of the maintenance, uh, like um, the car shops and stuff. And the uniforms were for all different companies. It was a uniform. So I'd deliver and I was, I was, yeah, I was young. I was in my twenties, but that was like, I really, I didn't last long there, but I just, the whole thing, I'm not like, I wasn't an early board at that time and just waking up and just going to all these places and dropping off the uniforms, picking up all the dirty uniforms, picking all the dirty, greasy rags, you know, and then having to come back and unload the truck and all that. So the work at labor stuff wasn't that bad, but the fact is then they also got us like having to sell different things. Mm -hmm. I'm like trying to get my day done and get at home. And, you know, and on top of that, you want me to sell all these things, you know, and most, you know, so that was, that was, that was like a hard uh, job. Grueling job that I just did not like. Yeah. It sounds like it was, it could be a hard job. Are you an early word now? Uh, Sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes. (laughs) so second question i have for you if you can think of a book that has given you a paradigm shift so not just any book but something that's made you kind of think totally different on life so there's a book my one of my books that i always bring up on a podcast is called creating money i've had the book for over 20 years and i just started doing a course on it and on my channel if anybody goes to it i got like a couple of the first four chapters up there of going over the first four chapters in that book of creating money as the keys to abundance. And it's uh, really, uh, it's all about, you know, spiritual principles involved with, you know, money and abundance and energy and that type of thing. And, and what we are talking about, the thoughts and the feelings and all that manifestation process. Absolutely. Yeah. Check them By out. Sanaya creating Roman money. Dwayne. Okay. We're putting that in the show notes. Anyone wants to yeah. check that out also and go to, uh, obviously go to the YouTube channel, which we'll put there also. And you can check out, uh, first four chapters and maybe by the time this is out maybe there'll be more so <laughs> definitely check that out this third first question, four chapters in that book set up the basis oh i see i see the first four chapters set up the basis and i don't know if i'll go deeper in the other chapter but the first four chapters are like really about like that you're you're the source of your abundance you know discovering what you really want uh magnetizing and then i on uh, the third chapter i can't remember right now but it's, it's becoming abundant or something mm-hmm. like that gotcha. but really powerful four chapters that, that uh, set the basis it sounds similar to the, the kind of Think and Grow Rich. Uh, yes, mindset. yes. But I take this book over Think and Grow Rich any day, you know, because it's just obviously it's not written in the archaic language. But at the same time, it's just it's it's. I would take it, you know, my personal personal opinion. I would okay. read this book like water, you know, but not, it's not for everybody, you know. OK, we'll definitely check that out. Um, third question is, is there a skill or a talent that you would like to learn? Hmm. No, I'm, I'm, I'm really, that's kind of mind stopping right now. There's nothing, there's no level of curiosity of what I really <laughs> would like to learn now, you know, at this age at 50 years old, I like, I, I learned pretty much what I want to learn and I'm constantly learning. I'm open to learning more, but I don't have this specific uh, thing right now that I, uh, maybe negotiation is my weak point, but you know, I just, you know, if somebody's going to do a good job, I pay them what they're worth. <laughs> I don't have problem with paying them people what they, what they want as long as they do a good job for me. So negotiation is not my, not my tough, sweet seat. I shouldn't put that on the podcast. <laughs> um, okay. You know, good, good to know. If I was wants to do a deal with 10 years uh, younger, maybe then I would want to learn negotiation better. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's, so. it's, it's a hard skill to learn negotiation. I just had the book uh, with Chris Fox, you know, the, uh, What's that one? I remember the author's name and I'm just picturing the book right now in front of me. Anyways, he was a uh, Chris Boss. 
great book. I'll think of it. I'll put it in the show notes. All about negotiation. Anyways, the fourth and final question is, what does success mean to you? Success to me at this point in the game is just really being happy with myself. You know, I think when I'm at a point, I'm just at peace with who I am and content with myself. And that's, that's really the success. I think that really sums up like the whole conversation, right? It's, it's, it's all, uh, you know, it's all about that. It's all about the journey towards that and, and finding that peace and that happiness within yourself. And uh, you don't need something outside to make you feel content. You're content with just being content, you know? Exactly. And that's really, the, I mean, it's the ancient Jewish tradition. That's what we have. Like who is a, who is a happy man? Like who's considered happy is someone that is content with what they have. You know, when you're always looking outside of yourself, you're always looking for other things, you'll never be happy. And you have 100, you're always going to want 200. You have 200, you're going to want 400. You want a million, you're going to want. And you're always right. going after and chasing after that. But someone who says, I have everything I need, you can still want to have more, but you're content with, with who you are and what you have in case of that. Um, that allows you to grow more. And that reminds me of a verse that he who has more shall be given. He who has not, even that which they have shall be taken away. So it's like, if you have, you're, you're generating a force of, of having, you know, and just, you draw more good onto yourself, I believe. But if you focus on what you don't have, you feel uncontented, you'll just never be happy, no matter what happens to your life. Yeah. You'll always be miserable. Then you just constantly, you know, have more and more stuff to complain about. It's not going your way. 100%. And I remember the, the name of that book is Never Split the Difference by Chris Foster. Anyone wants to check that out? That's the negotiation book. And Stephen Covey was the name of the uh, yeah. Seven Habits. The author seven of Habits. Seven. Yeah, he's a uh, tremendous, had a big influence on my life also, the, the Seven Habits, way back when, when I first read that. But Pankaj, it's, it's, it's really been a pleasure speaking with you. Hey, I wish well, we could talk all day. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> and to, to our listeners, thank you again for joining us once again for another episode of Weiss Advice. And remember, the best advice comes only when you ask. Real quick, I have one question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I wanna ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this podcast is out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating or review. I would be extremely grateful. Also, I want to hear from you guys. So I want to hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, please find me on LinkedIn. Send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and I'd love to hear from you.